Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. It's just awesome to have a big family and the privilege of gathering together on a Sunday and being able to worship Jesus together. It's really an honor to be able to do life together. And we are on this, this series called The Journey. If you've been with us for a couple weeks, hopefully you didn't show up last week. Did anyone show up here last week? No? Yeah? No? Okay, good. Good. We had an online service if you weren't aware. And so it is a bit of a concern with uh, so many family members that maybe someone will show up to the house and you're not there. But it didn't happen, I don't think. So this is good. And I hope you enjoyed your long weekend. Uh, we got to go to Winnipeg, which was so fun. And, and as we continue on this journey series, I hope that you are feeling equipped as followers of Jesus. You know, this, this awesome discipleship tool is available to you on our City Life app or on, online on our website, cty.lc slash the journey. And that allows you to, to have these 12 little lessons that you can work through with someone else, whether it's someone you know well or someone you don't know very well. You'll probably get to know them. But the beauty is, is that this is the story that you're a part of, and so it's an awesome tool to be able to use. I grew up in church, and I got told to make disciples all the time. And I was like, yeah, okay, what does that look like? Like, give me something here. Like, just one, two, three, something. And so this is what this tool is for, for us to actually be able to journey together. And in the voice, the, the, the verse that kind of is the overarching theme of the journey is found in Colossians 2, 6, and it says, Now that you have welcomed the anointed one, Jesus, the Lord, into your lives, continue to journey with him and allow him to shape your lives. So we're meant to continue journeying. So when you get to lesson 12, the commission part, that doesn't mean you're done. <laughs> you just keep going. We keep going. And we are called to continue on this journey. And today, the, the theme of the message is born to run. Does that excite anyone? Yeah. Running? Yes? No. No, I get some shakes. It's like, uh, no, not me in this. No, no, not. Exclude me from that one. You know that moment when you're wearing Nike and you realize you just can't do it? And that's what I feel like when I run sometimes, you know? For someone who, I actually run every second day. And for someone who runs all the time, I have this ability to make it look like it's my first time every time. It's amazing. You should really, no, don't, don't witness that. It's like if I see a reflection of myself in the mirror, it's like, is that what I look like? Oh, okay. Anyway, but I do it because I believe that it's something that actually strengthens me and, and, and actually gives me energy. It's such a weird thing. You feel terrible doing it, but after you're like, yes. And on this journey of following Jesus, we are born to run. And maybe it's born again to run for those of you who are like, nope, never doing that again or never starting to actually run. But this message isn't about 
physical fitness. You know, I think it's great if you learn some tips and tools about how to take care of your body because God has called us to honor our bodies and, and to be healthy and strong. And there's lots of connections between how we feel, you know, emotionally and how we're able to even carry out this mission effectively when it comes to what we're consuming or what we're, what we're doing with our bodies, the movement and how we're honoring God with our bodies. But one of the great things about Jesus is that he has come for your soul, like for your spirit. And so if you are sick and tired, if your body is full of disease, if there's something that you just can't beat physically, you have a future eternity of walking and leaping and praising God. Isn't that good news? He is after our souls. And although physical training is of some value, like the scripture says, he wants the heart of man and woman to follow and trust him and surrender fully to him. And that's why today we are going to feed on the word of God. And we are actually going to memorize half of a verse. You think you can do it? Yes, absolutely. It's like 11 words. You can do it. It's Hebrews 12.1, and it says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So did you notice the word perseverance? It's the biggest word in the verse. And that means it's probably not going to be easy, right? If, if you've ever done a distance run or a really tough workout, it's like, this is not easy. It requires perseverance. And so does this journey of following Jesus. It demands a lot from us, emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally. There's a lot of persevering that's required in this journey of following Jesus. And that is why we need his word. We need the living word. We need, we need what quenches thirst. We need what actually feeds our soul so that we are strengthened and ready for what he has called us to. And what's crazy about the word of God is that it's historically credible, and there's, there's many sources that you can find that it is, it is the truth, but it's living it is living and active, and it's sharper than any double-edged sword. This is so good, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. There's a translation that says the attitudes. It gets in there, and it is only the word of God that it can actually get into us and do something in us. You know, the media guys, they were laughing at me because... <laughs> In our tech meeting, it's like, uh, do you have all of Jennifer's verses? And, he, and John Gormatakis is like, yeah. There's a lot of scripture. You're going to hear a lot of scripture because you know what? You go to culinary school to learn about cooking. You go to like, you know, fitness class to learn about health and wellness or whatever it is. But when we gather in, in this house, God's house, I want you to learn his word. I want you to learn the Bible. I want you to learn the truth that is associated with this living, this journeying. What, what am I here for? The answers are in this living word of God. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17, it says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is where we get trained. 
And the word of God is just as true today as it was over 2,000 years ago. It does not change or shift based on the cultural norm. It is actually objective truth. It's absolute truth. It's not subjective. It's not based on your circumstance or where you're at in life or your season or how things are going. God calls us to walk in alignment to his true and life-giving word so that we can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's what we're called to do. And that's what we're called to gather around. So I just want to pray quickly and remind us again who we are listening to. Not my voice, but the voice of the Holy Spirit. God, we just welcome you and we just thank you that you are here. Oh, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that can actually go out and it can transform the hearts of people. We do pray, like Pastor Mike said, God, that we would have these soft hearts, these open hearts. God, we would not harden to your voice, but we'd actually lean in to, to actually be changed. We know that you are the only one who can do that work in us. And we just welcome that work right now, that training that we need in your name. Amen. Amen. God has called us to run with perseverance this race marked out for us. Now, if you arrive early at church, or if you're in the auditorium when the pre-service roll is going, or you've been around here for any length of time, you've probably heard, be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and carry on the mission of Jesus to his world. So that is our mission statement, and it actually came out of God's word. It, it was meant to align with his mission. This isn't just, you know, our church doing something. It's his church and what we're called to as his followers. And you can find almost pieces of this in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. This is kind of termed the Great Commission. And it says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So uh, you might have heard that scripture, but that's where that mission of carrying on the mission of Jesus, going and make disciples, that's why we have a discipleship tool. That's why we're, we're trying to learn. We're not doing it perfectly, but we're trying to learn how to walk alongside one another to journey in following Jesus and becoming more like him. And um, Acts is, is a book of the Bible that actually comes after the Gospels. And the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the stories of Jesus. And in Acts, at the very beginning of Acts, we actually hear similar words to what Jesus kind of, some of his last words he said in the Gospel of Matthew, he's, he's kind of reiterating or saying again in Acts chapter 1. And this is when there's all these people gathered that have seen, like, Jesus appeared to like 500 plus people for like 40 days after he rose from the grave. Like he came, he died, and then he rose again. And so, and there was many witnesses that this actually happened. And what Jesus said to the people who were gathered, who again, this is him in the resurrected body. He says in Acts 1, 7 to 8, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but... You will receive power by the Holy, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So these are our first running instructions, to be a witness. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. 
That's what we're meant to do. And I love how God just has a way of like ordering things. And, and when you start reading scripture and listening to different um, explanations of scripture, it comes alive. You're just like, oh, I didn't realize that. For example, I didn't realize this order that Jesus actually said himself. He said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There was an order of the way things would happen. And so in, in the beginning of Acts, these, the apostles are actually gathered. There's like 120 of them gathered in this upper room. And they are told before this verse in Acts, but in Acts 1, 4 or something, that wait, wait for something. It's going to be good. It's going to be so good. You should wait for it. You should totally wait for it. Stay here and wait for it. Something awesome is going to happen. And Jesus delivers. Okay. He comes through, and they receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, when it falls on the apostles in the upper room, they start speaking in different languages. So this is not, maybe some of you have experienced like speaking in, in a heavenly language. This wasn't that. It was actually all these apostles speaking in the languages of all the people that were listening. So this was during a time called Pentecost. It was when the Jews, God's chosen people, they would celebrate the coming of the law of Moses. Like this was a big deal. And it was a Jewish, Jewish celebration. And Jews from Arabia and Rome and Egypt and surrounding areas, they would come to the hub, Jerusalem, so that they could celebrate the Pentecost with their other Jewish family, the other Jewish people. And so when the Holy Spirit fell and all these surrounding nations of Jewish people, they heard the gospel in their own language. It was incredible. And that's why before the day was over, there was 3,000 people added to the church. It was insane. And Peter and John, they continued to preach during this time of, of, of the Pentecost, where repent and be baptized. And there was another 2,000 added. That's like 5,000 plus people. That's just like, boom, the church is exploding in Jerusalem. And as the church is exploding, we see some things start to happen. Of course, when good things happen, you know, when the church is doing great things, what usually happens? Persecution. People start rising up against it. And that's what started happening. There was a man named Stephen. He could preach. He would share that message. He took the running instructions to heart and he said, okay, I'm a witness for Jesus. I'm going to share the gospel with people. And because he decided to do this, he was a target, and if you've ever heard about the man named Saul who became Paul, you know, he's in the New Testament a lot, and Saul basically condoned the killing of Stephen. He approved of it, but what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. We can see in Acts 8, 3 to 8, that Saul approved of the execution of Stephen, and there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. There was the word of God proclaiming Christ to this new region. Why was there scattering? Because there was hard times. Because there was persecution. So if you ever experience tough times and you're like, why? Maybe God needs you to move towards someone. 
to a, a neighborhood. Maybe it's to, to someone else that you haven't seen before. So now this commission of Jesus was being worked out. You know, we went from Jerusalem and now it's scattering into Judea and Sumeria, into the region. And then we know the ends of the earth are coming. So let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Now in this moment, all of these people who were being added to the church, they were Jewish people. We have to understand that. You know, God's chosen people were the Jews. That Jesus was actually sent for the salvation of the Jews, the Messiah. Because the Israelites, God's chosen people, they had done stuff that had created a division between God and them. And they needed someone to do something to repair that relationship. And so Jesus came to create a way that now his chosen people could once again be part of his plan for humanity. And then what happens? Oh, we're going to skip forward to Acts 10. I know you're excited. I can tell you guys are just ready. Yeah? Okay. There's a pivotal moment in, in Acts 10 that is very important for each one of us in this room. Unless there's some Jews here, maybe there is. But for most of us, this is where our story begins. It changes to show that God's plan was for the salvation of the whole world. This is TSN turning point. This is like blowing everything wide open. It's going to happen. And enter the man named Cornelius. Cornelius was a God-fearing man. He prayed. He gave to the poor. He was, he was a stand-up dude. Even the Jews liked him, which was a big deal because Jews and Gentiles, they were all ultimately the two sides of, of a very different world. They did not get along. If, if a Jew associated with a Gentile, they were considered unclean. If, if you ate what, what the Jews had certain rituals, like they didn't eat certain things or do certain things. And so there was a lot of animosity between these two groups. And Cornelius was a Gentile. And we read in Acts 10, 31 to 32, that God heard the prayers of this Gentile man. So does God care for everyone? Yes, the Jews, the Gentiles. Even though Gentile is not his chosen people from the, the foundation of the earth, yeah. I want everyone, is what Jesus says. And this is where the relay race begins. Okay, we're getting ready. Going to take a sip of water, because before you run, sip of water. It's a good idea. Well, just water in general. Hydration. Ah, see, there's a health tip. Way to go. We're getting it all today, guys. So basically, we're here with Cornelius, and in Acts 10, or right before, Cornelius has this vision that he needs to go and get someone named Peter. And then in Acts 10, 11 to 22, Peter is experiencing a vision, like at the same time, basically. Like Cornelius sends three of his dudes 30 miles to go and find Peter. Like you didn't have to have a running program back in the day. You just lived, and you were fit, right? Yeah, it's different now. We sit a lot. But anyway, now we're with Peter. And Peter is experiencing a vision as Cornelius' men are running to find him. He's experiencing this, this vision. It's very weird of this large sheet being brought down to the earth by its four corners. And there's all kind of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. And then the voice tells Peter, kill and eat. And Peter's like, no, 
I'm a Jew. I have never eaten anything unclean or impure. I can't eat this. And then the voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then the sheet was taken back up to heaven, and Peter's like, what is this all about? And as he's wondering, you know, Cornelius' dudes show up, and they're like, Peter, come down. And he's just like, well, the Spirit told me I got to listen, so I'm going to go down and see what those guys need. So Peter goes down, finds out what's happening, you know, what, why have you come? And the men replied, we have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that you could hear, so that he could hear what you have to say. Who is on the other side of your obedience? Who will hear the good news? Because you got in some running time. You got ready. You were ready to run the race of perseverance that was marked out for you. So Peter, he goes to Cornelius' house. Again, it's a long ways, but he gets there. And, and he says, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate or visit a Gentile. Like I said, I can't even talk to you, basically, or else I will be unclean. But this is what Peter says, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone. Remember it was anything? And now he's, he's, he's saying the spirit has told him I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objections. And may I ask why you sent me? So he still doesn't know. Do you ever feel that way that God calls you and you're just like, not sure why I'm here yet, but I think I felt like I was supposed to. And God sometimes lays things on our hearts to pray for someone, to put your hand on someone and just listen to their story. God calls us by his Holy Spirit and leads us to walk in obedience to him. So Cornelius answers Peter when Peter's like, what am I doing here? And he, t he tells him about the vision he had. This man appeared to me and that God had heard my prayers. And so I sent for you immediately. And it was so good of you to come now that we are here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. Sorry, it just smelled like burnt, like cheese, like burning. Oh, the burgers. I was like, I smell grilled cheese. Okay, it's okay. It's not going down. Okay, just making sure you're with me. I was just like, is something burning? Should we be exiting the building? Okay. The burgers will be ready when I'm done. And you'll be really ready because you'll be smelling it. And now we know what it is and not the apocalypse or whatever. Yeah, okay. But God accepts everyone from every nation who fears him and does what is right. You know the message of God sent to the people of Israel. So remember, God's message was for Israel, for his chosen people, the Jews, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of all. And, and he explains how Jesus, you know, he, he came, he was there, he was baptized by John, he lived and he was anointed by, and the Holy Spirit came on him in power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. And then Peter gives them the gospel message. We are witnesses 
Peter says, of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. That's God's word. Do you hear that? That's the gospel. That's the good news for you and for me. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished. So the circumcised are the Jews. They're like, what is happening? What just happened? How did the Holy Spirit come on these filthy people, basically? These, these people who are not part of our family. This is not our family. But the gift of the Holy Spirit has been poured out on even the Gentiles. Then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So Peter's preconceived idea of who the gospel was for was just shattered. Like, did you hear that? When that happened, it's just like, boom, everything changed. And we get grafted in. We are now part of that family of God, that the gospel to the ends of the earth. That's what we're a part of. We are the ends of the earth, and we are continuing to be part of running this race marked with perseverance. Running the race with perseverance. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Yes, thank you. And be a witness. That's what we're called to do. Because we are now part of this story. It is your story. And this true story reminds us that it's only the beginning. Do you know that there are thousands of unreached people groups in the world? Do you maybe know a, a teammate or a neighbor or a coworker who actually has never heard the gospel of Jesus? And I, I think sometimes we, we just think about ourselves too much. We're worried about what someone might think of us, but I think it's because we don't, we're not convinced. We're not, we don't know that this story is a story of freedom. It is a story of being set free, of a, of a life that is changed forever by the goodness of God. And I also love that with this story with Cornelius, you know, he was a good man doing all the good things, and we probably know a lot of good people, but it's not salvation. That has not changed. The way that a person gets grafted into the family of God is still the same. It is accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as savior of your entire life and saying, I surrender who I am to your story. I, I'm not making you a part of mine. I am part of yours. I am called to be a witness. I am called to actually run this race with perseverance that you've marked out for me. And that is what we are called to, carrying on the mission of Jesus. So while I close, I have three C's that we're going to go away with. I mean, I hope you can just take that verse with you. Hebrews 12.1, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. I know you can do that. But I have three C's. One is consistency. 
how to be a, how to be a witness, how to, how to be ready to run, how do we train? It's consistency. If you've ever heard the quote, consistency beats intensity every time. Yes? The things you do every day become your life. I know two weeks ago, even Pastor Mike talking about commitment. You know, what we actually choose to do over and over again, that becomes our 10-year plan. That becomes our long, our long game. Read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day. Did anybody ever sing that in Sunday school? I did. Thank you. Yes, Jesse. Um, and that, that is so true. It's like, it's just the simple things. Read your Bible, pray every day. I have a few scriptures to remind us that his word is what can ready us and train us. Psalm 1-2 says, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. That's what we're called to, training in his righteousness. Joshua 1-8, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. That's, a, that's, that's health to your whole body is because of the goodness of his word. And we need his word to train and be ready. You know, root work is fruit work. That's, if we want to produce fruit, we, we got to build the roots. And the roots is the hard stuff. That's the day by day. The simple, small, shaping, and lasting. That is the running the race with perseverance that has been marked out for us. Number two, care. So consistency and then care. Growing compassion. Simple things go a long way. Caring enough about the people around you to actually value them. You know, we walk around with veils over our face all the time. I don't know if you know, they're called cell phones. And we carry this veil around that needs to be torn down. We actually carry this distraction 24-7. It doesn't matter if you're in a waiting room or someone's serving you at a restaurant or a grocery store or people that you love and know well. You're sitting around your table as a family and you're on your phones. It is a wall that causes us to, to just kind of pull back and not lean in to hear people's stories that are right in front of us. And, and we need to be renewed in our habits when it comes to, comes to valuing people. You are valuable because you're here and now. I mean, it's just amazing when you start asking people their story. Like being able to bless the, the clerk at No Frills the other day, it's like, you know, she might go into early childhood or she, she, might, um, she might do interior design. And it's like, you know what? I just trust that you can have some, some really some wisdom in these next days of what to choose. It's like, I didn't sit and pray for her. There's other people coming. I'm not going to make it weird unless she asked me. But, but there's just things like that. It's like people are valuable. The Jew, the Gentile, whoever it is that you're just like, no, no, you're one of them. Let's remember that they are valuable and, and Christ doesn't want anyone to perish. This community is meant to, oh, community's next. No, that's jumping ahead. Okay, put your phone down. Value the people that are there. Philippians 2, 4, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Ephesians 4, 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ 
God forgave you. This one is so good. James 2, 14 to 17. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose your brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, it is not if not accompanied by action, is dead. Colossians 3.12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Hebrews 12.1. Do you remember memorizing that one, Christine? Yeah, that was a good one. Intentionality, willing to be inconvenienced. Number three, community. And Melissa, I think, is going to preach more on this in a couple weeks, but vulnerability. Having people in your life that you're rubbing shoulders with, that you're getting to know, and you're, you're hearing their story, and they're hearing yours, and they're, they're helping maybe with some correction, which is not easy. But that's what we're called to as God's body, as his community. 1 Thessalonians 5.14, and we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened who are idle and disruptive. Isn't that definitely calling us to not just the nice people? Okay. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, or 10, 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another to, on towards love and good deeds. No person is out of God's redemptive power to heal. And who are we to cut them off? To say, you don't deserve or you can't or you don't belong. We are meant to actually open our arms wide enough that people feel that love and experience the truth that refines. It's, it's a two-part thing. And so I just want to encourage you to stand right now and we are going to actually take a moment. For those of you who are just like, oh man, being a witness, that is, I, I'm not, I don't know if I even get this yet or if I've, I've even allowed the Holy Spirit to take over my, my own life. Well, this is a moment that we take every Sunday to just surrender our lives to Jesus. And I know for myself, you know, I pray this prayer every week, right? When, when we gather together. But I always, I always try and engage and remember that, God, I do need to resurrender at times. Uh, you know, I, I get kind of pulled into taking back control, taking back my own, what I want it to look like. And just committing again that, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. You're the one who refines and directs and gives me the boldness to be a witness. It is only through him. And so as we pray, you know, if this is your first time saying this prayer or you've done it a million times, I just encourage you to connect and believe that God is here with you and wants all of you. So let's pray together. You can repeat these words after me. Jesus. Today we come before you, our Heavenly Father. We know we have done wrong. We know we have messed up. We know that we need a Savior. And you are our only hope, our only freedom. We thank you for your truth. We pray it would continue to change us to be more like you. We surrender every area of our lives 
we ask for you to forgive us. We thank you for restoring us into right relationship with you. I want to journey with you, Jesus, to become more like you and to share your good news with others. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.